So if you want to build an audience around your idea, if you want to build a following around your idea, if you want to be known around the world for your area of expertise, well then today's interview is for you. I interviewed Mark Schaefer, who's the author of the book Known. In the book, Mark laid out a very specific step-by-step process on how anyone can actually build a very powerful personal brand in today's day and age. So let me go ahead and press play on this interview with Mark Schaefer. Well, hello, everyone. Today, we have Mark Schaefer, the author of Known. Mark, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I, I love the book, uh, the ideas behind how we can get known in this wild, crazy world of uh, content creation. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's, it's really a, a, an honor to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And I'm uh, always impressed with uh, your humility. And that's something that's... Uh, that's uh, <laughs> It's not always easy to find, so thank you for being here. <laughs> um, let's 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 get into the book. Let's talk about uh, the ideas of the book. And um, but before we do that, I want to understand what was your story, what was your business story, and what really led you to this book. Okay. Well, um, I spent most of my career in in the corporate world. I actually worked for 27 years for a Fortune 100 company uh, in all kinds of different uh, sales and marketing roles and just had a fantastic experience. I mean, I'm not the kind of entrepreneur who said I could never work for the man, you know. (laughs) I I mean, uh, my company – uh, paid for two master's degree. I two, two master's degrees. I got to travel all all around the world, meet a lot of great people. So, I mean, I had a positive experience in the corporate world. Uh, but I was at a kind of a crossroads in my life where um, uh, I, I I kind of <clears throat> reinvent myself about every five or six years. And gratefully and thankfully for through my company, I was kind of able to do that. And kind of got stuck in a place. And I was in a, a kind of a, in a good financial place where I could take a risk and try something different. So about uh, nine years ago, I uh, started to teach and I started to consult and uh, learned a lot by trial, you know, trial and error, trial by fire. But uh, looking back, I did a lot of good things right. And, and one of the things was creating content. I started blogging because to consult about marketing, you really need to immerse yourself in social media. You can't just talk about social media unless you're doing it. So I immersed myself in this world and I found that my blog sort of took off because there weren't that many bloggers out there who had more than two decades of high level business experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think my very practical and realistic approach to marketing resonated with people that led to to books i've written six books now known as my sixth book and um i didn't have a plan uh money to to write six books or write any book but when the the thing that prompts me to write a book is a big question a big problem that my friends are having or my clients are having and uh, so my last book was, was The Content Code. And the big problem was we live in this very noisy world. How do we stand out? And it's getting worse and worse. And I'm a strategist, so I just don't want to say, well, here we go. <laughs> There's all this competition. Too bad. I wanted to figure it out. What do we do? What are our options? So that's why I wrote the book. 
for my latest book, Known, the the problem was this. Um, I my my clients and my my friends were coming to me and they were saying, you know, I'd like to uh, write a book someday. How do I be in a position to do that? I'd like to start a speaking career someday. How do I do that? I'd like to start a business someday. How can I prepare myself to be in the best position to be successful with that? I'd like to be invited to teach at a university or to be on a board someday. And I kept giving them the same answer. And it's, it, it was this. Well, to achieve those things, you have to be known. You have to be chosen to mm-hmm. do that. And nobody does that for you anymore. I mean, back in my day, when I was growing up in a company, you know, I I, I was given these opportunities to, to you know, the, they called it charm school. You know, I mean, they, they taught you how to be an executive. And they would give you a series of training programs you would go throughout your career. Nobody does that anymore. If you want to be known in this world, you've got to take those steps yourself. And I thought it was really unfair that I kept telling people, well, you need to be known, but I, but I don't know how. And so I got into this discussion with a good friend of mine. I said, do you think anybody could be known? Mm. He, said, he said, you know, I don't know. He said, that's a really good question. He said, I've had a lot of people ask me that. And um, so in the book, I talk about this concept about the tennis ball. You know, some to, one of the clues about what you want to be known for is like, like a dog and a tennis ball, something that you just can't get, give up. You keep chasing it and chasing it. And I became obsessed with this idea. Can anybody become known? And that's what started me down the path of the book. I started doing all the research I could find on personal branding and steps in personal branding and psychological research. And then I started doing my own research. I interviewed nearly 100 people. I think it was about 97 people. About 60 of those actually made it into the book. So there are lots of interesting stories in the book. And what I found out is, yes, there is a path to be known. And that's what the book is about. Yeah, absolutely. The book definitely lays out the path to get known. And uh, it was interesting when you said that early on in your career or in your career, you realized that you were not one of those who had problems with authority. Well, I am one of those. I had problems with authority. I've been laid, out three, laid off three different times in my career. Um, so at some point, you know, I realized that's just not working for me. I'm an engineer. Yeah. I worked in Fortune 100 companies and uh-huh. uh, I managed billion dollar cell phone projects. But there, I always found that this was not working. I am not cut out to do this because I run into law too many times, run into corporate <laughs> law too many times. Yeah. So <laughs> here we are, Mark, coming from very different angles, but you and I, you know, we're both coming from the corporate world. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about getting known, you know, the idea that anyone can get known. And mm-hmm. reading your book, I got the feeling that you truly believe that is now a possibility for everyone. And one of the things you said was that, you, you, or I think it's a fundamental truth of life. Nobody starts off as being known. Nobody starts right. off as being anointed. Right. Maybe... 20, 30 years ago, TV and newspapers were the only medium through which we could be known, but today Mm -hmm. that world doesn't exist anymore. So that notion a lot of people have that somehow I don't deserve to be known. 
let's dispel that myth for people because you know mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. there's a process to that right well there is and and i think you know the the main a couple main ideas in the book is that first of all why why be known and i think and you've probably experienced this as as well is that um, if people come to know you through your show, through your episodes, that's going to lead to business opportunities. That's going to lead to invitations. And you have a permanent and sustainable advantage by creating that content and becoming known for what you do versus your competitors. I had an experience a few years ago where I was bidding on the biggest consulting engagement of my life. It was for the Air Force. And so I had to do this th- th- through this vetting process. They interviewed me over Skype, and there were these purchasing directors on the other side of the table, and I was on the other side of my computer, and it was a little intimidating. And I started talking about what I do and why I would be qualified to do this job. And about two minutes into my discussion, the purchasing director interrupted me and said, "Oh, Mr. Schaefer, we know who you are. We all read your blog." Mm. And at that point, I knew. I had the job, game over, because I was known. They had built this emotional connection to me over years by reading my content. They trusted me. They knew how I thought. And that was a a permanent advantage I would have over everybody else. So so you bring up this point, can anybody be known? And 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 I love your your example about, you know, maybe when when I was young, certainly, uh, you know, you've lived in a different age than me. You're, you're a digital native. But when I was young, the only way to become known would be through the newspapers or through television. I mean, how do you do that? You know, you, you've got these gatekeepers. And today, mm-hmm. you don't have to follow those rules. You can choose yourself. You don't have to wait for a book publisher to choose you. I mean, I, publish, I self-published my first book. No one would choose me to speak. I started my own conference. So I could speak. <laughs> uh, you know, you can. T- we live in an era where you can choose yourself, and that's what that's what the book I- I- is about. And the other point that you make, uh, I-, I wanted to pick up on, is this idea that nobody starts as an expert. And isn't that a strange myth that we have? In it, it's some psychological thing where we look up to these people and we think, oh, we could never be like that. Mm-hmm. But they started with. Uh, they started nowhere. <laughs> yeah. They didn't start as an expert, and and that's why I carefully chose the stories that I did in my book because almost everybody in that book, I mean, a lot of them were broke. They were destitute. They had nothing, and they built up uh, a great career by becoming known by 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 basically they they all followed the four steps in the book. Yeah, yeah, there, it's it's somewhat insidious this idea that somehow we already have to be someone in order to uh, yeah. take that next step of getting known. But the people truth think is, it's unattainable. Mm-hmm. But and and I made a very careful decision in 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 the book. I, I I took a risk, and it was something that was difficult for me to do. In the introduction in the book, I talked about a very dark place I was in my life mm-hmm. to show that no matter, you know, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Reader, wherever you are in your life, chances are I was below that. And that's, I, I felt like I had nothing. And that's when my journey started. 
And it was like a literary way to, to kind of put my arm around the reader and say, come on, let's do this together. Look yeah. where I was. Let's do this together. And there's kind of an emotional crescendo to the book. And I end the book with a story of really redemption. I'm getting, getting emotional for, for some reason. No, that, <laughs> that think, story was that, really powerful. Yeah. Uh, that, it, that's it, truly it, a powerful it, it story. Just a thing of beauty. Uh, just a thing of beauty. It's a kind of bookend the book where I started out in this dark place and and look and, and look where it ended and and it's it's meant to be a book of hope yeah. that if I can do it and these other people can do it uh, you can do it too yeah yeah absolutely there are so many different yeah. stories of how pe different people from all walks of life and all shapes and sizes have done it so let's talk about the process mark where does someone start maybe they're listening to it maybe they're in the early stages of building their business where do they start with this what's what's yeah. what's ground zero well one of the reasons i felt uh, compelled to write the book. In fact, I felt a sense of urgency to write the book is because there's so much bad advice out there. And it's not just a difference of opinion, Monty. It's the research doesn't support it either. There's a, there's a, a, a mantra out there today about, you know, if you can dream it, you can be it. If you, you follow your dream, you know, um, dispel everything else, suffocate everything else. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about your audience. Don't worry about, you know, connections or networks or relationships. Just have a single minded, you know, let's say hustle for lack of a better word and just a single minded focus on doing this thing. But the, the research shows that's the main reason people fail is that they follow their dream without a plan. Hmm. So, the first step is, 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 and I beg people, <laughs> it's fine to have a dream. It's fine to have a passion. But before you spend years trying to achieve this, think it through. Mm -hmm. And so there's also a workbook that goes, that goes with this book because I, I, I just felt so passionate about this. I didn't want anybody to have an excuse to put that book down and not take action. And so the first thing is to say, all right, let's test your dream. Let's look at the marketplace. Let's assess. Are there enough people out there for it to matter before you pursue this? Is this something – it's something that you have to love. Don't get me wrong um, because you're going to be spending a lot of time with it. But it also has to be sustainable, meaning that – I mean, my view here is if you want to do this for fun, do anything you want. But if you want to create a business, if you want to create a, a, a career, then uh, – or if you just want to have more donors for your charity or you want to achieve some specific goal, make sure that the, that, the, that the audience is big enough to make a difference. So I have exercises in the book to define what you want to be known for, to be very intentional about this. So that's the first step. So, Mark, sec before yeah. we go into the second step, sure. let's let's talk about the first step a little more. Mm -hmm. um, you have to have, you know, you have to have that interest in something that can go on for a while, that you can do for a while, because a lot of times people are chasing opportunities, yeah. and. Um, there are certain entrepreneurs who believe that opportunity chasing is the way to build businesses. Um, mm -hmm. But what we're, what you're saying here is that it's much more, 
much more powerful if you pursue an interest, pursue something that really lights you up. And that will sustain you for a long time. Yeah. Well, I think that there, there is a fine, there's a nuance here. And for, for people who chase opportunities, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that as far as business opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one says you have to love a business to have a successful business. Um, you know, I, I, ha- I was the marketing director for a packaging business. You know, I didn't, when I was a little boy, I didn't grow up thinking, oh my gosh, I love, uh, you know, packaging. But it was a great business. And I loved, I ended up loving the business. But in terms of building a personal brand, mm. um, one of the things I found is I, when I was doing these interviews, Monty, people kept saying, you know, one of the things that drives me is I know I'm having an impact on other people. And I kept hearing this yeah. over and over again. I thought, you know what? There's that's, that's not just a coincidence. And before we started recording this, I could hear your passion about helping entrepreneurs, about reading these books and sharing your knowledge. And to me, I can see your purpose. It comes through in your voice. And okay. that's what's going to keep you going. Even when you're tired, even when you're disheartened, even when you're sick. You know people depend on you. People are relying on you. You're building an actionable audience through this thing that you're doing, and that's going to keep you going. That's more than pursuing an opportunity. That's having a purpose and knowing you're making an impact, and that's what's going to drive you. One of the things I found is that I would have loved to have written a book. I'll tell you a little secret. I kind of thought, I want to write a book. 60 days to a powerful personal brand or, you know, 100 days to a powerful personal brand. And and the, the, the intellectual honesty did not exist to do that <laughs> it, because it wasn't there. On average, it took people between two and three years to really find that traction, to say, I'm at a point where the benefits are coming in. I can quit what I'm doing and, and pursue this or – you know, I'm starting to, to build my speaking career or, or, or whatever the goal was. 30 months, two and a half years on average. And so to, to have that resilience, to have that persistence, you've got to have a purpose behind it. Sometimes you know your purpose right away. Other times you discover it once you're in. You start getting comments from, oh, boy, I, you're part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I start my day reading your blog, you know, getting a cup of coffee and sitting down and reading your blog. And you think, wow, this is amazing. This is what fuels me now. And and I found that consistently is part of the grit that you need uh, to persist when when things get hard. Yeah, yeah. No, what you said was was so true, especially about the fact that when I see those emails, when I see those messages on, you know, whether it's my podcast, whether it's our YouTube channel, or whether even through emails, people will uh, comment back saying, hey, man, that is exactly what I needed today, or thank you, because um, yeah. I watch your videos every day, and they make me, you know, excited about life, or I, I feel inspired, yeah. and I feel like that's that that is a that is my job well done like uh, that is exactly, exactly what i was doing that's that's exactly yeah. what i was supposed to be doing uh, right. rather than be inside 
a Fortune 100 company as a cog in the wheel. Yeah. I'm nothing against it. I get it. But mm-hmm. that's not who I was supposed to be or that's not yeah. who I was uh, supposed yeah. to be. Like, that's not what I was supposed to be doing. So, yeah. um, Mark, um, let's talk about that sustainable interest part just a little more. What is one thing that people can do to 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 identify it or to, to, to really, like, um, maybe fire it up in some ways? Yeah. Well, it's such an important decision and I prob I have exercises all throughout the book, but there's probably more exercises in that area than any other one. And I also want to emphasize something that the most important thing is to start. Hmm. Even if you don't exactly know, because your sustainable interest, what you want to be known for, it may not become crystal clear until you start doing something. Yeah. I mean, what I became known for evolved over time as you get feedback and all of a sudden someone will tell you this is what i love about you mm-hmm. think hmm, i'll be darned i hadn't really thought about myself that way but it's true so yeah so the first thing is you just don't worry about being perfect don't worry about you're, you're gonna evolve i mean the tone of your podcast was different in episode one than it is today absolutely you're you're better you're more confident uh, you're more at ease. Uh, you have a better idea of, of of how you bring value to your audience. And that's going to help with everybody. Six months from now, you're going to be better than you are today. But you'll never have that feeling unless you start. So um, one of the things that I find, because what I'm do, I've been doing, Monty, is actually coaching a lot of people now. And one of the things people get confused about is they say, you know, I like so many different things. I don't know what I want to be known for. I like, you know, I like this. I like martial arts and I like uh, counseling people and I like, uh, you know, climbing mountains. And um, but what I find is that usually actually I will say that so far, always there is a core thread that holds everything together. There is a reason. There's something about that personality that you like those specific things. And if you go through some of the exercises in the book, you know, one of the things that that I find is I'll ask people, what makes you come alive? What's that moment where you just think, wow, this is, I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy. And and, and if you focus on that, you can kind of find that thread that holds everything else together. So, you know, on that section of the book, number one, you just got to start. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about making it perfect. And number two, um, eat, you know, don't be disheartened. Work through some of the exercises, even if you feel confused. And I, and, and I think you'll find that thing. That is really powerful advice. Just get started. I see this so many times, so many times where people – spin their wheels for months and even years waiting for that yeah. perfect idea, waiting for that perfect aha yeah. moment of realization when they say, okay, well, let me get started on this. Does not happen, will never happen. Nope. You've just got nope. to start where you are. Um, right, yeah, exactly. That's 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 super critical. I, I see that in, it's, yeah, see that way too often. Um, yeah. so, so Mark, let's talk about the next step. What is, you know, okay, well, maybe someone has identified their sustainable interests. What yeah. do they do next? Well, I, I think the second step is, is probably the big failure point 
for most people that are either starting a brand or maybe even starting a business. And I think the most powerful word in marketing is maneuver. That's really what marketing and building a business is all about, is where can you find a space that you can call your own? Mm. So you have to find a very specific space. There's nobody doing your content exactly like you. So that's something that you can grow and find your audience. And I I was giving a talk uh, one time when I was putting together the ideas of this book, and I tested a a speech on a a crowd. This guy came up to me afterwards. He said, you know, I'm passionate about this topic, and I've been creating content about it for four years, and I haven't been able to get traction. And within the first 10 minutes of your talk, I discovered what I was doing wrong. And and the, the problem was... The space he was in was just flooded with competition. They were all beating their brains out, all trying to do the same thing, trying to attract the same audience, and they had more resources. They had been doing it longer than him, and he he was basically just going head-to-head with people that had a, a big head start. And so he figured he had to find some new angle. He had to find some way where he could maneuver and so even if you're, you find that sustainable interest, if you don't tell that story to the world in a space that's yours, then the word may never get out. So it's a very, very critical decision. And again, it's more important to, to try a few things and start. Um, I mean, there's a great example in the book about a guy who um, – he was a wealth management person. And, you know, that's a highly regulated business. There's not a lot of people really trying to, trying to create a personal brand in that space. He started blogging and, you know, that was going okay. And then he started experimenting with podcasts and, you know, he did a couple over a few months. But it wasn't until he committed to the podcast and started creating it with regularity that he mm. found his space. He found his audience because he was alone. Nobody was giving financial advice over a regular podcast. Mm-hmm. He was alone. And there was a, 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 a huge group of people out there that they learned by listening. They learned through audio. And he was able to really dominate that space and establish his, his brand because he, he picked his space very, very carefully. Yeah, no, this is this is really, really important. Like yeah. you you have to find your category, if I may yeah, say so. Exactly. You define the category rather than you become one of the many players in that category. And yeah. the beautiful thing about the space and about the world today is that we're constantly going to be refining the categories. No yeah. you never nobody has complete control over any given category. There will always yeah. be subdivision, revision. So you can always go and pick a subcategory within that, find your voice within that, or uh, create a niche within that big category or subcategory and own right. that space, own that exactly. um, category. And you talk about a lot of different strategies and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. fully believe like someone can be the YouTube master of one field while someone can be the podcast master of one field mm-hmm. and someone can do it because based on frequency while someone can do it based on the types of videos they produce. A lot of different ways to approach it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
well, you really did do a good job reading that book. You paid attention because <laughs> you named a lot of the good ideas there. And and there are lots of great case studies in the book to help inspire people. And, you know, it is a very crowded world. It is a very noisy world. But there's just still so much opportunity. And and one of the comments in, in, in the book, uh, it was actually a, a quote from – uh, a great writer and futurist, Kevin Kelly, he said, you know, we're going to look back at 2017, 10 or 15 years from now, and we're going to say, oh, I wish I had started in 2017 <laughs> because the people and the content and the ideas that are going to impact us the most 10 years from now haven't been invented yet. Yeah. There is room. The Internet is just starting. The, the, the opportunities are mind-boggling. And there is a space. There, there can be a space for everyone. Yeah. So, so I think we've given people two uh, kind of challenging points of views here. First, we say just get started. Don't worry. But then we're saying, yeah. hey, don't you know? You got to be careful. You got to pick the right niche. But uh, you know, if you look at both of these together, you can see. Okay, you start, but you have to constantly be refining. You have to constantly be iterating. Right. Till you get to the I mean, point. I mean, my, I mean, my idea is, 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 is don't just you know, throw something at a dartboard, have a plan, think it through, know what the four, the four steps are, know what the four things you have to do. Now, if after a year or so, it's not working, well, maybe you have to go back. Maybe you made a wrong assumption about one of those four steps. But if you do those four steps correctly, it will work. That's, I mean, it's it just over and over again. Um, without exception, those are the four steps that 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 uh, the people have followed to build a powerful personal brand. All right, so we've talked about two. Let's talk about the third one, Mark. What well, what is the third step in this whole process? Well, the third one is, is it's kind of been a theme. We've 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 danced around it uh, so far, and that's this idea of content. And this is where this is something that can be really overwhelming to people because you look at all the options in the world and you say. You know, should I uh, should I be on Facebook? Should I be on Twitter? Should I blog? Should I should I write a book? What you know? What should I do? And what I try to do in this chapter is, you know, content is the fuel, but not all content is created equally. And in general, there are three big categories of content you need to focus on. You need to pick one: written, audio, video. You need to build something that will allow people to see you, know you, learn about you, connect about you in in an emotional way. If all I do is post on Twitter or post on LinkedIn, it's going to be difficult for people to really learn my values, to really learn how I think and what I know and to – and to trust me, I mean, ultimately, to build an all, all actionable audience, you have to build that that trust. Mm-hmm. And so, by writing, by speaking, by having something visual, and a fourth type might be visual content like Instagram, Pinterest, something like that. I mean, that is a, an opportunity as well. But but what I found for most people to build a voice of authority. You need to create what I call rich content. The other piece of advice is don't worry about what the rest of the world is doing. So, oh my gosh, Monty has a blog and a podcast in this. I need to do that too. No, you don't. Just pick one. Do it well. Master it. 
build your audience there before you diversify into something else. Mm-hmm. I blogged for five years before I started a podcast. Mm-hmm. It was a very difficult decision because my promise to my audience is that if you spend time on your on my blog, I will never let you down. It will be interesting. It will be relevant. It will be timely. It might even be entertaining. But it will be worth your time every single time. And I could not ever give that up to be – I didn't want my efforts to be diluted. But I, I've kind of found a way to, to, success, to successfully begin a podcast. It's only every other week, so um, you know, twice a month. So I've done it in a way where I wouldn't jeopardize the, the, the blog. So just pick one source of content and do that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really important that uh, you don't uh, get uh, thrown around in this mess of content creation uh, because there's so many different channels so many different mediums out there and i see this mistake constantly when someone's starting early on they have 20 different social media presences but none of Mm -hmm. them really have anything in there right you have your facebook and your twitter and your linkedin and your google plus and everything but none of them really have anything Uh, it's much more important if you have one or two things that are killing it rather Mm -hmm. than 20 things that just aren't producing anything. So that's that's really yeah, powerful. It's always it's always a danger sign when someone someone says, "Well, I'm doing I'm doing a blog, but I think I should do a podcast because so and so is." Okay, that's the danger sign right there. That is the wrong reason to do anything is because someone else is is doing it. Now you need to be aware of your competitors because that's part of maneuverability. That's a big part of maneuverability and finding your space. But you need to stay centered about what are your goals. You know, if I work on building a brand, my personal brand, two years from now, what does that look like? What I mean, what are my signs of success? If you're on a stage in front of a big audience two years from now, why are people there? What do they want to hear from you? And that's what you need to focus on is building that presence mm-hmm. with a laser focus. And I mean – Every piece of content you create comes with some cost, not just creating the content. People, I think, get lulled into a false sense of security because they say, oh, Facebook is free. Blogging is free. It's not free. There's the time to create it. There's the time to post it. There's the time to respond to comments. All that time takes you away from the critical activities that you need to be accomplishing to build your personal brand. Yeah, yeah, so true. So, so Mark, what is your like? What is your way of approaching content in terms of how do you stay consistent with content building? Because that's probably one of the most difficult things, but also probably one of the most important things when it comes to building your online presence. Yeah. Well, my my drug of choice has always been the writing, and and I I was um, I've always always loved to write. I was a journalism major uh, in my undergrad, and I think that's an important point is because I I have fun with it, and, and if you don't enjoy it, your audience is going to know. So mm-hmm. at, at, at some point, well, what is my you know where's my audience and what are my competitors doing? Yes, you need to consider those things, but it, the final decision it has to be something that you're going to have fun with. 
the podcast that I do is called The Marketing Companion. I've, I have a co-host on the show. We have a great chemistry. We have so much fun with that show. We make each other laugh. We crack each other up on every single show. It's one of my favorite things to do. And that's why people love the show, because they hear that chemistry. They yep. hear that laughter. And it, it, if, if we ever didn't have that, we would be lost. It would be time to end the show, because we wouldn't be having fun. And so if you're, if it's a chore, your audience will know that. They'll, they'll detect that. So the most important variable, I think, is finding something that, um, like I said, it's going to take 30 months on average, right? Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you going to be able to do every week, week in, week out for 30 months uh, that you're going to be able to sustain that? You better be, find a way to have some fun with it. That's great. And I think uh, we're, we're coming to towards the end of this interview. There's a fourth step involved in this whole thing, which is about building a meaningful audience. Well, now, right. what do you mean by that, building a meaningful audience? Well, the, the big issue, the big um, misunderstanding for a lot of people is that the size of your audience on social media is the, a big determining factor of success. And that is not true. Uh, if you know, I would rather have ten people who who love me, support me, and will buy my books than ten thousand people on Twitter who may never see my tweets. Um, so it's being intentional about building an audience that has an emotional connection to you. Now, a social media audience is important because it it opens the doors. It allows you to connect with people you never would have found before. So, but it's, it's just like a handshake. It's like waving at each other. It it doesn't mean that they're going to take any action, that they're going to support you or buy something from you. You need to build that emotional connection over time. And there is no shortcut. There really isn't. And that's why it takes the 30 months because you're, you're moving from weak relational links to strong, actionable links. Mm-hmm. And that's what takes the time. I would love to tell people the shortcut, uh, but there really isn't a shortcut. Mm. Um, now, the people who are on, I mean, the, the span of time represented in the book, some people it took like five years. Few people took one. Mm. Now, the people that had kind of like the faster uh, route, they used influencers so there were they found people who were very powerful in their category created friendships relationships with those powerful people and they were able to kind of speed up the process a little bit um, because they already had a large trusting audience if you can work your way into that large trusting audience cuts the time down Yep, yep. This is so powerful. And I was going to ask you, what is it that gets people to shortcut their success in this field? But here we are. We already have the answer. Um, but this is something that I first learned, and it took me a long time to learn this idea. I, it, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of 
mad at myself that I didn't understand this idea for the longest time. So only in the last eight years I, I did I really figure this out. And it happened when I was at uh, Tony Robbins's conference uh, called Unleash the Power Within. I'm not sh- I'm sure you're familiar with Tony. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're a fan of of him or not. But um, one of the things I learned he he kept on saying I'm giving you all these different strategies. You can do this. You can do that. All these different ways to um, you know get to the next level in life. But if there's one thing you can do which will basically compress decades into days, which is when you can uh, accelerate your success faster than anything else. It is associate with people who are already doing what you need to do, who are already playing at a very high level, associate with them, and you will see tremendous success. And that stuck with me. And ever since then, I've been constantly trying to figure out how to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the key thing to remember is that the, these people who we consider influencers, they're people and they have wants and needs and pain and they're busy. And so you need to treat them like people. You need to help them, offer value, befriend them. And um, that's, that's, that's what leads, you know, it, it, it takes patience. It takes some tenacity to do that. Um, and, um, anyway, so that's really the big, um, that's the only shortcut really there, there, there is. It is the biggest hack in life, yeah. really. Yeah, it's the hack. It's the hack. <laughs> it's the biggest personal hack. branding hack. Yeah. Yes. Oh, personal yeah, branding might, or to, that, to that, me, that might make a good blog post. I might steal that. Absolutely. Please, by all means. To me, it's not just a personal branding hack. It's a hack in life. It's the biggest hack in life in every area of yeah. life. I, yeah, I've seen yeah, this yeah, yeah. constantly, whether you're trying to improve your health, your relationships, mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. just associate with the people and automatically yeah. it moves. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Mark, we've been talking about all these great ideas. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself, but we're coming towards the close of this. So um, in every interview, I mean, here at 2000 Books, we always say there is no learning without action. There's no mm-hmm. learning without action. So yeah. maybe look back, look back at this interview or look back at the book and give our mm-hmm. listeners three specific things that they can go and start working on today to not only create success, but accelerate success in getting known. Yeah. Well, as you know, I mean, you've been, you've been following me for some time and you've read my book, so I'm not a big prom- self-promotional person. But, I mean, the reason I wrote this book is to help people take that first step. So create a plan, and and I'm so confident in this book. And now there's been there have been thousands of people already who have who are using these action steps, and there are already reports coming back saying things have changed immediately for me. I'm seeing progress immediately because I have this new focus that, that I never had before. So go through the book, work through the exercises, and get a plan. Mm-hmm. Number two. One of the things I address, it's the weirdest, I mean, it's kind of a self-help book, but it's kind of the weirdest self-help book ever because one, there's a, actually a section in the book where I say, are you sure this is the right time to do this? <laughs> and I think you need to make a decision to say, you, know, you and I spent some time talking about this fear of starting. Are you putting off starting because it's not the right time in your life because you're taking care of a sick child? or because you have to uh, work at a bank because you're in financial problems, you know what? That's okay. 
life happens. Life gets in the way. And, and not everybody in this world has to be on the path of becoming remarkable. You know, some people have to stay in the box and protect our country. Some people have to take care of a sick child. And you are a very valuable and worthy person, even if you're not pursuing your personal brand. But if it is the right time, you've got to get over that fear and you've got to take that first step and you've got to uh, start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the third recommendation I would have would be um, to one of the coolest parts in the book, I think, it was 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 created by someone I really look up to. It's it's an author and an entrepreneur. Her name is Anne Hanley. And she's someone that I look up to. And she's very well respected in the marketing world. And she talks about how she overcame imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And she still has it to some extent. Where you say, I, I don't feel like I'm an expert. And that shouldn't stop you because nobody starts as an expert. Uh, that, that this is a process of iteration. It's a process of continuous learning. Subscribing to things like your podcast, that's a good step, is to, is, is to be an urgent learner and to you know, look, don't be afraid to start. Fake it till you make it. Nobody mm-hmm. is an expert at the beginning. Associate, just like you said, with great wisdom. Associate with the people who have made it. Observe them. See what they do. Learn from them. Be, be humble. And but but just have the courage to start would be my third point. Absolutely. All right. This is great, Mark. Um, so we've we've been talking about a lot of these great ideas. I hope I really hope people will put these great ideas to action. And um, I was able to get this book on Kindle Unlimited for free. I don't know if it's still available, but that's one mm-hmm. way for people to go grab it. There's no reason not to go read this book right now. So, Mark, tell our listeners where to find you, where to come and follow you and all that good stuff. It's very easy. You can find everything about me at businessesgrow.com. Figured nobody could remember how to spell Schaefer. So businesses grow is pretty easy to remember. Um, I've got a, a, a blog there, a marketing blog that a lot of people love. Uh, you can find my podcast, uh, The Marketing Companion. You can find my books and lots of other resources to help all sorts of entrepreneurs and business owners and marketers, really of any of any size. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our audience appreciates it as well. So thank you. Well, thank you for the for the great interview. Thank you.